admit or face just how dark of a place humanity has come to. And to do so means that the certain influences in the world must be acknowledged. Hello, um, this is Chris Jansen. I'm with the End Evil Podcast. Um, End Evil Podcast was created to help people imagine a reality that's not full of evil, like the way we're living in the world today. I'm trying to reach out to people who understand and, and care about the importance of freedom and the importance of truth and the importance of caring for other human beings and individuals. And on that note, I brought today a guest, um, Catherine Waters, who I've um, been coming to respect, learning her work, and got to meet her recently in the roundtable. She showed up and had really wise words to share. So thanks so much for joining me, Catherine. Yeah, I mean, you know, me, all I, like, all I've paid attention to and uh, studied and, like, was literally just silenced for speaking about all of my life was uh, relationship skills, abusive relationships, dysfunctional relationships, how healthy relationships were supposed to work, um, just trying to get people to acknowledge the like blatant dysfunction that was pretty much like in your face. And um, I mean, I mean, it's, it's so simple really that like, you know, I knew something was really, really wrong and that people, there was just something wrong. Like something was really, really wrong. Like, and I hate to be and sound so um, like offensive or like I'm being like derogatory to people, but there's just no other way of saying it. Like you have to be able to, to, to speak the truth and to point out something that is just so, you know, wrong in order to change it and move in a better direction. And that's what people right. just never wanted to do. Um, I mean, it was one thing, you know, to grow up like shit. <laughs> um, but th- then it was another when, you know, you point it out and you tell people, uh, you know, of course, the ones that are doing it are not going to really care that much but even other people, and instead of listening to you and then taking steps in another direction or to change, you know, they basically do the exact opposite and just, you know, they'll go into what I just call like psychological debt. Like people will literally go into like mental debt just so they don't have to acknowledge reality. <laughs> so they'll just... Yeah, I know what you're talking instead about. Of, right. So instead of financial debt people are getting into, they're getting into like a, a literal health debt. People are literally, like they have been in a physical and psychological and spiritual health deficit and perpetuating that just to not acknowledge the reality and then you know that would have been too uncomfortable and then people would have had to really rethink this system and challenge the people in power and start doing something different like decades ago and that was just unheard of in people's minds like challenging the system challenging the people in power holding people in power accountable like that was not even 
a, a you know a, a consideration when it actually have been you know this is our right to do you know i mean so it was obvious that there was just something like literally physically and medically wrong with you know the, the people's thought processes and and you know like adult people just you know, didn't know their rights, didn't exercise their rights, didn't know that they had any rights. And, and they were basically, you know, like trying to do the same thing to me and get me to, um, acquiesce and, um, and you just never, never would have it, huh? I mean, like, I, I give my body the credit. I mean, I really do. I give God <laughs> nature and the way he just makes your body like, because it was my body that just did it. My body was just having these, these natural responses. It wasn't anything that I had to think about intellectually. It's like when, you know, all this talk today now again about the, the, the COVID and the vaccines and people are talking all about like the, um, you know, people are having adverse responses, allergic responses to these vaccines. So what are you going to do? Say to, you know, to those people, oh, it's right. Your body is wrong. I mean, that's what they're going to do. They're going to literally like, oh, well, this one had this, uh, uh, you know, I- you know, injury or, you know, immunocompromise already. So it wasn't our vaccine. It was that person, you know, I mean, and that's what people literally did to me, like, since I was a child. And it was like, you know, it it was like there was something wrong with me. I mean, it really, it's like, it's so astonishing um, that people are willing to throw, like, healthy young people under the bus. And, I mean, everything that I I say, like, I get a a little bit afraid that people are not going to believe me because... um, I mean, nobody ever took it seriously all of these decades. Um, I get that. I mean, like this in this last year is the first time that I've met quite a few other people that know what I'm talking about. I really was getting to the point where I was kind of like, you know, for years, it's like, I'm not crazy. You know, I know what I'm talking about. And but it finally kind of get to the point where maybe I am crazy because I'm the only one saying this stuff. But then now I'm starting to find more other minds that are talking about the stuff you're talking about. Like I have so much to reflect on already in just such a short time. I mean, I got to tell you, this is, it's so unusual for me to like, um, you know, to have people actually understand what I'm saying, value what I say, validate what I say, because I mean, you know, I'm not getting any younger, I mean, I got a birthday, unfortunately, coming up this weekend, and um, I lived a really, really long time with, um, you know, the people right around you that are supposed to love and protect you more than anybody in the world, doing the exact opposite and treating you like you're, you know, like there's something wrong with you. And, um, I mean, I got to tell you, it has been one heck of a, uh, like literally for five decades of just doing everything and anything that in my power to hold on to, you know, what was 
left of your health, your sanity, what you knew, what, what I saw, what I know I saw, what I know I felt. People were always trying to pull the rug out from under that. And I, I fully believe that the family system, and now I just call it the family industrial complex, um, you know, just like the military industrial complex and every other industrial complex that, um, I mean, exactly like the family has been so destroyed. It's been so diluted. It's been so polluted, poisoned, um, uh, broken apart. And And it's bigger than just the family, too, is that, you know, something I've reflected on all these years is because I've always kind of been enamored or um, intrigued by like native cultures, especially, you know, to this country, to this country, people were here before um, settlers came and, you know, they weren't all perfect. They all had their problems, but there was something very valuable about indigenous cultures where there's like a community, right? And there's like different age levels and the kids play with the grandparents and everybody kind of at night goes to a fire or something. And sometimes I felt that little glimpses of that in life, like at church camp or something, when we went to the fire and we ate at the mess hall and we worked together on chores but most people aren't experiencing any of that growing up. And you'd be lucky even if you get a family to sit together for dinner, especially these days with the screens. But in my childhood, I was lucky to have a mother and father who were there the whole time and pretty supportive. But there were so many um, problems and issues and um, dysfunctional aspects of my family. How about you? What was your family like growing up? Ugh. Um, well... I know I've, I've tried to like, like talk about it for so long. Like, um, I mean, they basically just got married, you know, because it was against the Catholic church to have an abortion. Um, and you, you know, you, you could feel, I mean, it's me and my brother who's 16 months older than me. Um, you know, I was born in 64. He was born in 62. And by the seventies, you know, the early 70s, when I was like six, I was really just becoming so conscious. There was domestic violence. Um, I mean, I know that my, my mom, like, I don't think either one of my parents really wanted to be a parent. You know, again, like they just had kids because it was against the Catholic Church to have an abortion. And you can just feel that you were not wanted, that it was just this like, I mean, they, they weren't going to really step up to the plate and, you know, to, to do, you know, the right job. And the environment that I grew up in was just so unhealthy. Um, and, and, you know, my body was just having all of these stress responses to the domestic violence as a, as a child. I mean, my parents got divorced, I think, by the time I was about like five or six, um, uh, and um, something like that. I think about, let me see, how old could I have been? Maybe, maybe. It's pretty like, striking to a young person right away to see that like a bad example, right? Like two adults that can't, that can't, can't get along, who supposedly made a promise to get along and now they just, they're doing a terrible job at it. You I know, mean, right away, it's a bad example, right? You know, like that a lot of parents said, you know. So that that's what I mean. Like, so I, I try, I try to, um, you know, like plant the seed in people's minds, you know, that the family system, like this is pollution. I mean, it's literal pollution. 
abuse and and domestic violence and not being wanted. I mean, uh, you know, a child is not stupid. I mean, people treat you like you're stupid. They treat you, you know, because you're vulnerable, like you're stupid and that they could do whatever they want to you. And somehow like your body just isn't going to notice. And and it, it was really like telling how, you know, smart the body is and how it just like responds like boom to, you know, to things and, and just expose, you know, the hell out of, you know, the people in power, like for what they really were. And instead of them, you know, saying, uh, you know, like, you know, thank you for making me aware of that. You know, I mean, if, if they were even moderately healthy people, um, you know, that's what they would have been saying. And then, you know, taking steps to change and doing everything and anything they could, you know, to protect you and not let the bill and the pollution fall on you. But literally everyone, including some neighbors and other people around, they 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 were making it normal. They made it normal, like and, and almost like they had a right to dump their stuff on you, to put their children, right? Like the most innocent, you know, the way I most relate to that for, uh, was for me is school. I had a, like kind of, like you're saying, like a physical and mental rejection of school at a pretty young age. I started feeling like, uh, a rebel, you know, like I wanted to push back and I didn't understand back then why I was so, angry but i remember even at like maybe 10 or 11 talking about ageism i used to call it ageism because i noticed how people talked about sexism and i'm like no people treat me different just because of my age because i'm younger but i can tell oftentimes that i'm more mature than a lot of these adults and in school it was frankly obvious to me so many times that these people who were making up all these rules weren't even didn't even have the right to be doing that to me and That's they really, funny. a lot of them, I didn't feel like they were mature enough human beings. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I was more mature at my yeah. 10, 11, 12-year-old self. And I think I was. Yeah, absolutely. Because back then I understood freedom better than they did. Now I get it. Now I get why. It's because they had no concept of freedom. And somehow inherently, even though I didn't know mentally and consciously like I do now, I knew from like deep down that it wasn't right for them to be hindering our natural abilities you know they really are not adults they really are like i mean i just consider people to be like genetically modified adults you know i mean you know because this system is so anti-nature it is such at war with nature and health and most people when they're you know when they grow get what what they need you know through the stages of development like when you're a child and, you know, you need certain needs to be met through the, you know, the different stages. And if you don't get them in that the healthy amount that, you know, nature, your physical and emotional and spiritual health require, which I don't believe most people do, um, you know, by the time you get to adulthood, you're like, you know, really a a, a child um, and not a a mature, healthy adult. Um, You know, Mark Passio is always talking about being order followers. I mean, if there's one, you know, characteristic that is so obvious 
that there's something wrong with people and their adult children. It's that, you know, that it, it became normal to just be an order follower all of your life when that is just such a glaring sign of, of disease and, and immaturity and, you know, irresponsibility and that you just are like an adult child who's just going to have people in power over you all of your life. And I, you know, I became so obsessed, like so early with, um, you know, studying like child abuse, the abusive family system, relationship skills, um, you know, like, like, you know, it was so obvious that not just myself, but, you know, even people around me, even, uh, you know, neighbors and friends and people who I thought like grew up like so much better than me. And, and yet nobody was being raised to self-actualize, you know, like to reach your healthy potential, to be the unique, authentic person that you're meant to be in this world. And then, you know, heaven forbid, get paid to be that person, you know, to bring, you know, just something original and unique. Um, and, and to, you know, to be able to stand on your own two feet. And, and, you know, the, the cord should get cut eventually and you shouldn't always be, you know, dependent, dependent on the system. And as I got older, you know, in, in the eighties, you know, that like, you know, early to mid eighties and you, you know, you're going out to work and all of this stuff. It just be, again, like it became so clear that the work place, the work environment was just this other extension of the dysfunctional abusive family system. And, you know, you were just going to have a job and, you know, you know, and not again, like um, get to really uh, bring your unique thoughts or ideas or grow or or purpose for that matter, you know, to find your true purpose. You know, like I was saying, like in a more Aboriginal culture, there would have been this process of, you know, when you get to 13, where you had to do some sort of feet, you know, to sort of prove yourself or go out in the wild and spend a couple of days by yourself to find out who you are and find your secret name or whatever, yeah. you know, rites of passage, yeah. you know, in modern days that's lost, you know, just occurred to me recently, like I was having memories of elementary school and I'm like, why was it such a big deal for them to always make us stand in a straight line? You know, they were so militant about that straight line thing, you know? And I mean, I get organizations one thing, but it was another thing there. It's It was all about control. It was about everybody doing the same thing at the same time and being in this line. And that's so much the thinking, the indoctrination we got through these things we go to, these school indoctrination systems. And then, like you're saying, right into the workforce with the cubicles. It's like people are very conditioned to stand in a line and, and to be another pod in the row, you know, and and that's the opposite of creativity and imagination, you know, that we want to encourage, right? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it really is like kind of, you know, sad to say the least how um, indoctrinated people get, how much their uniqueness gets destroyed and encouraged to be like this cog in the wheel. And, um you know, you know, again, like I, I can't help but just kind of like um, talk about the current, you know, COVID slash like vaccine situation that we're in. And I mean, again, like I feel like it's so, so obvious, you know, how much this system has gone against 
the way that nature works and how like, you know, corporations and bankers and all these institutions that were literally in existence, God knows how long before we even arrived on this earth. And they have all of this like leverage and all of this power. They pretty much own the entire world. And, and we get treated like we're, you know, you know, like if we're lucky, if we get to be a guest on, on this earth and, and they just keep getting larger and larger and larger and, you know, the average person doesn't even get to reach, the, you know, what is even within their healthy, um, you know, size and healthy amount, you know, to, to be. And, and you know, and, and then we're here and all we're doing is serving them and helping them to get even bigger and bigger. And, and you know, when, when the hell do we get to grow? I mean, it was just so obvious, like early on, I'm like, what the fuck is going on around here? Like, you know, I want to freaking be something like I need the leverage. I need, um, you know, to, like help and support so I can at least reach the amount, my healthy size and take up my rightful amount of space in this world. And the people I was around, I mean, I'm talking about everybody, like, you know, relatives, neighbors, you know, all through the decades, like so many people are just so unaware of how unconsciously ingrained it is in them to treat, you know, the people right around them that, you know, you just wanting to be your healthy self is like somehow like a crime and you're a criminal or you're the excessive one. You know, while, oh, yeah, but, you know, corporations and bankers and, you know, Satanists are like taking over the whole world, you know, so it's like they get away with it. Nobody stands up to them. There's no resistance for them. But it's like, oh, like, you know, I, I, I assert myself. I want my rightful elbow room. I want my rightful, you know, room to, you know, feel my healthy feelings and and I'm the one, you know, that gets treated like a criminal. I mean, have you know, ever um, have you ever driven one of those cars where it only goes so fast? Like you could push the pedal as hard as you can, and it only gets up to whatever eight seventy five miles an hour. And it won't go any fast, any faster. Yeah. And they call that device a, a governor because mm-hmm. it governs the speed, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what these governors have been doing is dampening our ability to be human in the most basic way and all of politics really in government and religions. They're, they're all different ways of governing, uh, governing us in ways that we really don't even need to be governed. It's totally ridiculous and excessive. You know, I've never used so many words as I have in the past year, like asinine, ridiculous, you know, just absolutely, um, inconceivable you know things i would have formerly thought of being inconceivable but like you're pointing out we've kind of sensed this gradual frustration our whole lives in different ways i'm curious for you um feeling the feeling those feelings you're describing throughout your life of of being dampened and governed and people not letting you be your true self how do you how have you continued to find inspiration and break through that and keep being yourself despite the overwhelming barrage of authoritarianism and statism and dampening of the humankind. How do we stay bright and be, be light for other people? You know, what have you learned? Well, you know, again, I'm just going to go back to how the body works. Um, because unfortunately, 
you know, when I got to be a teenager um, living with, uh, you know, a single parent who really was, I mean, I completely felt like they were trying to, you know, kill me and diminish me. And, uh, you know, again, like my body would just have these like normal responses and just stand up to, um, you know, speak truth back to the abuser. I mean, again, my body just did it automatically and I had no choice but to spend at least five, if not even more years doing that. And I mean, I don't know necessarily if it did me any good. It, I mean, it gave me some strength. It gave me like a lot of knowing. I mean, I just knew that I was right, even though no one around me would acknowledge it, even though, um, even, you know, the, 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 the abusive parent, like wouldn't even really acknowledge it. Um, but because I was, you know, getting older and I was a teenager and the, you know, the abuser couldn't, bully me anymore so you know you know like I I could feel that the only the only reason why I was making some headway is because I was physically bigger you know like I I don't even know if it was so so much of uh, what I was saying you know was was right as much as it was the fact that you're just you have I have more leverage and and they couldn't bully you anymore you know um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, right, like, right was, ne- it was nothing in, you know, for me, it was ever about right. It was always about, you know, who had the power, it, you know, like, it was always like a might made right system, whether you were right or wrong, if you had the leverage and the power, that was it. And, um, you know, most people around me since I was a child, they all made excuses for the abuser, you know? And so um, the, the abuser in power always got perpetuated, you know, through the decades, no matter, no matter what, you know, they never had to apologize. They never had to um, take responsibility. They never had to admit they did anything wrong or they did any harm or take any steps to change. And, you know, and they, they just kept, getting away with it, you know, like year after year, decade after decade. And, you know, and, and, you know, right. Like you were just automatically wrong because you were in the, like the low level position. So, you know, again, it was obvious things weren't about, you know, right or wrong. It wasn't about having respect. It wasn't about, you know, um, protecting vulnerable people so that they grew, you know, and, and could be, you know, healthy people when they grew, um, you know, it was, it was about, you know, be, you were like a subordinate, like you just automatically had no rights, automatically had no, uh, like value, what, you know, whatsoever. I mean, like, and like, these are just like all kind you know, ways that the, the people have been so indoctrinated, you know, within the family system, you know, all throughout the decades. And, and if, if they don't challenge it, if they don't question these things, then, I mean, I like, I'm surrounded by people that I know, uh, you know, who basically like they have these same attitudes that they've had for decades and they still have them to this day. Like they, they never challenge the, you know, the, the, 
the conditioning um, that, that, that comes in the family system, like ever. You're, you're just hitting on something that for me, it's kind of like one of the fundamentals I came up with, um, you know, in, in trying to realize all these problems in the world, you know, and listening to what on earth is happening, I finally got the juice in me to start making these presentations. And when I first started trying to do that, it really got me thinking about like, where do I start? You know, like, what's the first thing I want to talk about? And so what I keyed in on is what you were just saying is the idea of value. Like I really, the more I've thought about it, I think the large majority of people don't understand their value. And that's a big part of the problem is that we start, like you're describing, children are getting devalued really, really early and treated as if they're not valuable in so many ways. Think about this. Um, A politician can write some words on a piece of paper and those words are more valuable than hundreds of human lives. You know, they, they can write these words down and pass them around in these political circles. And those li- those could represent hundreds of human lives that they're tossing around. And the words on their paper in this society are more important than those human lives and souls connected to them. And we could think of countless examples of ways that humans are devalued and treated like they're not worthy. Yep. So, I mean, I think the key here is to try to bring that value back to people and try to explain but how do you explain to someone this is what i struggle with how do you explain to someone what their value is i mean you obviously kind of just had this deep within knowing where no one told you and you just kept feeling it's like what you're describing but how do we communicate that to others how do we inspire you know maybe our younger self to um realize this value i mean how's how do we explain it do you got any ideas i mean something i still struggle with um, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I wish I had a good answer to that question because, um, I mean, I, you know, I tried to get people to be more empowered, you know, to want more for themselves, to have, um, you know, just like a better quality of life, to, um, to reach their healthy, you know, healthy potential, to be like more successful and to just overall, like, want more and be more and, and especially just like health and fitness. Cause you know, and psychological health, it was just obvious people didn't, they, they were just so ignorant to psychological health, like emotional health and, and what it meant to really reach one's, you know, full like capacities, like just psychologically and emotionally And it was just like obvious that that could only come from the family system. I mean, you know, if you think of, um, you know, like the way that we grow fruits and vegetables, I mean, you know, like it comes from nature. Like it has to grow a certain way under certain conditions, you know, to get like really healthy, like fruit and vegetables, you know. I mean, like human beings are just like no different. Like you have to get things, you know, from family from parents like healthy you know parents and and just and 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 be cultivated like a certain way farmed a certain way if you will you know um to I mean because I I see like you know people that grew up like fairly well um they have a much more um innate self-worth self-confidence than um you know again I, I could just speak about the, the people that I grew up around, you know, this like kind of really uneducated working class, 
um, people who end up just turning out and growing up, you know, just like their parents and being working class and just having some kids and stuff like that. And I never wanted to be that. And I always like wanted to be more and like, you know, wanted to be educated, wanted to be successful, wanted to be creative. I definitely wanted to travel and and I wanted to make money on my terms, you know, being what I wanted to be in this world. And I guess it was because, you know, early in life, I just, my body knew, you know, my body knew to challenge the person in power, to question the person in power, the people in power, and to, and to just, you know, speak back to them and, and just know stuff, you know, it, it just, you know, like your body, my body just did it by itself. Like I didn't really have to think about it. You know, it was just like an, an automatic thing. And, and, and that's how I, you know, I just knew like something was wrong, but then, you know, when, when other people and neighbors, you know, like nobody stepped up to the plate, like nobody was on the side of the most vulnerable. Um, nobody. I mean, I literally had to do, you know, everything myself. And, um, and, and you know, it's, it's like this, something was definitely wrong. Um, like I could have understood if, you know, your, you know, parents had issues, they had problems and they couldn't really, um, you know, give you what you needed, but there's no excuse for the fact that even like extended family or neighbors or some, you know, other adults did not step in and just give uh, an innocent child, like the support, the mentoring, like the guidance and stuff, you know, that, that you just absolutely require, um, you know, when you're a child and like, no one did that. I mean, like people just did the exact opposite and they made excuses for the abusers in power. And they basically treated your body like your body can just afford all of this stuff. Like they treat, you know, it was so amazing. Like how, like literally everybody that I was surrounded by, you know, just turned the whole situation and flipped it backwards and and treated me like I like my like I was somehow an adult like my body was an adult that could just afford all of this this stuff that people were doing to you rather than seeing and and acknowledging that your body was being so adversely harmed by what people were doing I mean, I mean, they just acted like, oh, no big deal, you know, just get over it. And um, as the decades went by, um, you know, people were always acting like the abuse was in the past and you're you're just going to get over it. They kind of took for granted without taking any action or doing anything about it, you know, doing anything to actually change anything. And they just kind of took for granted you know like you're just getting away from the abuse like the abuse was just you know um in in Bay Ridge Brooklyn like in the 70s and 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 like the the larger 
um, system or country was not like that. And, and, um, but, but meanwhile, but nobody, you know, stepped in to do anything. Like no one did anything to change it. So their words would say, oh, it's in the past or, oh, let it go or, oh, get over it. But their actions were doing the exact opposite. And they were literally, you know, bailing out the abuser, enabling the abuser, you know, criminalizing the the vulnerable and just perpetuating the same vicious cycle decade after decade after decade after decade. And I just, I tried like hell on my own, you know, to break this cycle, to try to get people to, to see what they were doing, you know, like how hard, you know, could it have been to try to, you know, get people to realize, you know, children need healthy environments to grow up in, or there's going to be lasting consequences like this stuff doesn't just go away it doesn't just you don't just get over it especially if nobody helps you especially if people don't even acknowledge it or take steps to do anything to change it you know there was a clear mind body disconnect you know um i just call it like be you know people like are like literally decapitated and they live completely from the neck up and, com- you know, completely removed from the neck down. Like, you know, and this is how I learned, like, the mind-body connection and, you know, meditation and fitness, you know, trying to, you know, talk about, like, your your mind and body are supposed to work in sync, not you know, in opposition to one another, like that's how nature works. That's how the body and the mind are supposed to work. And people just like, you know, again, without doing any math, without looking at any facts, any kind of science or reality, and they'll basically just in their head, just make up whatever they want, period. I mean, it was just like, oh my God, it was like so... I, I, I never imagined. I think for a lot of folks, there's, you know, there's never been a suggestion of another way. Well, you know, what I experienced was I grew up in a neighborhood in um, East San Jose, what was a, a, one of the worst neighborhoods in that area. And so um, I was actually grew up in like an apartment complex. It was a HUD project, actually. A HUD project kind of gone wrong. And so a lot of the kids I grew up with wound up being gangsters in life. And, and I knew it when we were young. These guys are going down a path that's going to lead them towards the gang life. And so I was always kind of off doing my own thing. And I, what I happened to me was I joined this volunteer service. And I went across the country and I wound up in Pennsylvania. And I was shocked out there. It was like I would see homes that were kind of like leave it to beaver. Where, you know, there's a mother and the father and the father's father lives next door and he helped, you know, the dad helped the son build the house and, you know, the cousins come over every Saturday night for dinner and they all have a Christian dinner together. And I was shocked. You know, the neighborhoods I grew up in is like alcoholic parents beating their children and police showing up and all kinds of nasty stuff happening from week to week around the apartments in my neighborhood. And I remember coming back and just being shocked by the sound. You could hear sirens and shots at night, you know, and out in Pennsylvania, it was like complete silence. It was like this total different environment. So I got to kind of see like, oh, 
oh, wow, not everybody lives like that, you know? Exactly. What a difference it is for people that are growing up in a nurturing environment. And like you said, like the garden, right? You know, it takes a lot. You have to have, take care of the soil. You have to water. You have to put them in the ground at the right time, you know, and clean away the weeds as opposed to someone who just leaves their backyard wild and doesn't do anything. And it's just throw a tire back there and, you know, what, what a different environment that is. And then to put children in these bad environments. And, and there's no quick way to change it. Like there's no overnight solution because in these areas, like I'm describing, I remember coming back to East San Jose and the, the guys, I were my friends as kids, we were playing soccer together. Now they were grown up gangsters and had a tattoo on their neck. And they were like tripping out when they saw me. They're like, whoa, where'd you go? You know, they couldn't believe that I'd been across the country. That just seemed impossible to them. Like, how could you leave? You know, to them, they're just stuck in that zone, in that place. Can and you, I think big cities are like that. They trap people, right? The the, the name of the, the volunteer service, can you name what it was? Um, it's called the Brethren Volunteer Service. It was a church of the brethren. Oh, wow. Like what I was involved with back then. And apparently... Um, the Peace Corps was modeled off of the Brethren Volunteers oh, wow. service thing. Yeah. It was a pretty cool experience. Um, How old you know, were you? I was 19, 18, 19. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that was something else. And, you know, it's the kind of thing, if, if every kid had experiences like that, an opportunity to see a different part of the world and, you know, go outdoors, you know, see what it's like to live somewhere in nature, you know, what a different world that would open up for kids exactly. you know and i've seen that too because i used to do some outdoor recreation kind of programs like um, ropes training and stuff where you'd see kids from a city out, out in the outdoors and they were like they'd never seen this before you know you could be grow up in a city like new york or los angeles and it's just as far as the eye can see city yeah. and all they ever knew was walls at their back you know, and the or, fear or of the prison. police, right? Yeah, it's really sad. Um, can I ask you, um, so, like, so it was volunteer, so you didn't get paid. Right, yeah, it was, um, I got, like, a stipend of, like, $30 a month or something. And you're, right, and your parents were okay with that. Like, Yeah, they, it was they, something I wanted to do, and they were all for it, yeah. Oh, so good for them, like, because, you know, the issue of money, like I always, you know, want to bring up the issue of money because that is always like a big problem for so many people. Um, you know, like they, they feel, I, you know, what, what, again, like my mother couldn't wait for me to get a job. I mean, it was just like, you know, get a job, like get, you know, um, money. I mean, you know, I might not have been like getting, the pressure was there from the beginning. Huh? Yeah. It's always, it's like, you know, you're, um, you know, your your health and development get just completely skipped over. I mean, again, just imagine, like, it, it just, it blows my mind how much the family is the micro of the macro. I mean, people get really hung up on talking about everything at the macro level, you know, the corporations and, uh, you know, they're poisoning us. You know, there are two movies about DuPont, poisoning the world with PFOA in West Parkersburg, Virginia, the um, dark water um, film and another documentary called the devil we know, which was on Netflix some time ago. And um, 
but people never, they never think like the, the family system, at least in my experience, functioned exactly the opposite. I mean, exactly the same. I mean, it functions exactly the same. And, you know, like the adults in the family or neighbors and, 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 you know, relatives, they do to the vulnerable the same thing that the system does to them. And like, instead of them pushing back, instead of them fighting back and not allowing it to happen to them, you know, they accept it like it's normal and then teach their kids to, to, you know, take and tolerate the same kind of abuses, you know? And it's just like, what was I going to say? I know I have like all these thoughts in my mind as we're speaking and, um, you know, I, I like what you're getting into because it's part of what I try to do with this podcast is try to make the point that the change that we want to see in the world is available. You know, it is something that we can tap into and there are things we can do on a day to day basis. In fact, that's cool. I'm wearing my direct action shirt. Yeah, I saw um, the top- direct action, you know, over political crusading politics aren't going to get us anywhere. We could talk all day about these stupid talking heads on TV. But what we can do is start changing our behaviors in day-to-day life and stop accepting this these kind of fake religions and this way of treating one another as if it doesn't matter, as if we're not valuable, as if our our right to make decisions isn't of more value than anything else. You know, and so that's kind of like what I'm trying to get at is get at these core principles and talk with people like you and people that might be listening about what can we do in our personal lives to make a difference in this effed up world, you know? One thing that I mean, I made a a commitment like literally decades ago that I I was always going to put health and fitness first and nature first. Uh, I, I like by, you know, by the early 80s, I guess it had to be. You know, when you're getting older and, you, you know, you got to get a job and make money and all of this stuff. I, I was adamant about, you know, health and fitness. I mean, I really needed to take care of my health because I felt so battered, like psychologically. I mean, my health psychologically, like took such a toll, um, you know, when I was young that I, I had to make my health a priority. And I could feel how difficult it was, you know, like the more I tried to take care of my health or understand health or find help for your health, it was, you know, it was always hard to have money. Like money was always like you always had to give up health. You always had to kind of put that stuff on the back burner, you know, to go out and make money and, you know, And I'm like, wait a minute, like, I have to pay attention to my health. Like, I'm like, you know, like, really, I was like, suffering, you know, to just, you know, put it honestly. Um, And and I was gonna like, do nothing was going to keep me from studying and learning about child abuse and the family system and how healthy relationships were supposed to work. And, um, and then I'm trying to figure out but like, you know, these things are all messed up and polluted and damaged because of money, you know, because, um, you know, all people do is like put money first and neglect all of these things. So how can you make money kind of 
doing these things. It was, you know, it became so obvious that, you know, health and money were complete opposites, you know, because the, the more I made it a commitment to do health and fitness, the, the more poor <laughs> I ended up becoming. And, um, you know, and I, it's and like I, the, the values of these kind of Satanists and people that are in power in the world, we've created a filtering system that puts the psychopaths in the position of making decisions, right? And so they're making decisions that that choose non-human, you know, non-human activities over human activities, and they put value on those things. So that reflects down into our lives in so many ways where the money is always a reflection of value, right? And what's valued in our society, not being human, not being healthy, what's valued is um, serving, serving obediently exactly. your masters, you know, and that's what people are having trouble seeing and they don't like to hear. But when you get around that corner, it actually gives you a lot of freedom to recognize that's the dynamic that's going on because then you can start chipping away at it and finding ways to make yourself more free. Don't fall in their traps, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like it became clear, you know, I mean, you know, like, like the reason why it was the same reason why I got into fitness, um, you know, because like I was always, you know, tr like going according to like alignment and what the laws of physics said. And, you know, like when you do things like workout, exercise, you know, weight train, go running or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, you're having this experience with the laws of nature, with the laws of physics. It's like, um, you know, when we go see a, a sporting event, we go watch, um, you know, sports teams score goals like they're aligning with physics like when you watch the olympics or when you watch people surf or bowling i mean whatever the heck it is you know they're aligning with the laws of physics and we celebrate these people when they you know when tiger woods you know gets the the, the golf ball in the hole and when this baseball team or football team or surfer or olympic athlete or whatever it is that's how our monetary system should function it should be aligned with the laws of nature not the complete opposite like you shouldn't it should be and is a disease by the fact that people can actually profit by doing harm, by screwing other people over, enslaving people and harming the earth. And then we're going to chase money and think that money has value when people make it. And it's literally created by doing so much destruction. That's the exact opposite of what like you know athletes do or you know what you do when you you know engage with the laws of nature I mean like that was so simple I felt like for me to figure out like when I was young I'm like well wait a minute you know like this is what natural law says you know this is what happens when I exercise you know I'm aligning with you know if I put too much weight on on my you know um, whatever exercise, like that's not going to help me. Like that's going to harm, you know, it was all, it was, you know, about finding the, the right amount of stress. Like I got, was so determined to like get to the answers because like, Oh, like abuse is good for you. They tried to sell you this lie that abuse was good for you, that these adverse childhoods were good for you. Like they were going to somehow, you know, 
make you like a more like appreciative person or something. And, and then I went, I would go exercise and be like, no, wait a minute. Cause it was obvious that we were living into, in a, you know, digging into the muscle and bone society, not a building muscle society, you know? And so, you know, by working out and exercising, like I was teaching myself, you know, like it's the right amount of stress and exercise and pushing your body that helps your body to get stronger, that helps your body to be built up. Anything more than that is going to tear it down. It's going to break you, you know, I mean, like people, you know, they would just make up this stuff. Like, and I, I was like, no, I went straight to the source. Like I was like reading and studying and exercising and just going within and really putting the things that people would try to sell you like to the test. And I was like, that's a lie. You know, if you don't raise kids, right, they don't get stronger. Like they get weaker you're you're literally damaging them for life and giving them like you know stresses and traumas that literally will last their lifetime so you, you mean if i gag myself with multiple layers of cloth that's not going to make me healthier you know see this is what i mean it's like it's like i can't believe like the like uh, you know the le- level of sanity that we have gotten into you know and and further and further away from you know nature and like i was so committed to just alignment 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 you know the monetary system should be aligned with your health with nature i mean you know yoga was always something that was really good you know um that teaches you the right amount of something like it's all about balancing the hard and the soft, like really pushing up against something, but just so much, as long as you could still take a full deep breath, like you're not pushing too hard. You're not being complacent or slacking, but you're not, you know, trying to get too much either. You know, you're just, you're doing things nature's way, you know, you're setting the stage so that nature, you know, and the body can then do the rest on its own. And I mean, it's just like, I can't believe that like, you know, people haven't been learning this stuff. You know, one thing I've learned too is um, I've, I, in the last year, I dealt with some periods of time of feeling pretty like um, on the edge of depression or anxious feelings. And um, luckily... I, you know, in the last few years, I've picked up some regular workout routines where I don't spend a lot of time working out, but I'm very consistent on, on what I do Yeah, at the same time every day. And, and that has given me leverage against, um, anxiety and depression because anytime where I start feeling a little bummed, I'm like, yeah, but you got your exercises and you're doing good on that. You're doing really good, you know, and it would give me this extra kind of pat on the back and reminder that, you know, everything might not be perfect, but I feel fucking great. You know, I can, you know, I can get up and do a hundred pushups right now. Most people can't do that, you know? Yeah. So, and, and also if your mind, if your body's in decent shape, it allows your mind to be able to operate better. And I think a lot of cases and a lot of folks in the world, their minds aren't operating properly. They're really just not even firing correctly. You so know, the whole... Yeah. All, the, all the pistons aren't hitting. <laughs> I guess to answer your question, you know, before, like, how, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think we can really get people to do anything, to be honest. Like, I just, 
um, I mean, people are responsible for themselves. And I think that when we do for ourselves, um, you know, we, we do for others by taking care of ourselves and just setting an example and being as close to nature as possible, being as close to the body, like just um, like really listening. I, I really believe in meditation, uh, you know, just um, sitting quietly, uh, you know, understanding again, it, like I, none of this stuff is easy by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I, um, had no choice but to just kind of get into this stuff early. Um, like as a teenager, I mean, just like <laughs> a long time ago. And it was just, just obvious um, to take care of, you know, your body. I mean, your, your psyche, your, you know, self-worth and self-esteem and, and to understand, understanding psychological health to me is like even way more important than understanding physical health. Um, like, like, and, and like, I've noticed, you know, another thing you're doing is you're spending time, um, now or like creating videos and putting stuff online to help try to explain some of the problems that are going on. And you spend quite a bit of time, I can tell, researching things and understanding what's really going on in the world and not just reading the headline, but going to the source, like you said before, and I think that's pretty crucial, and it's also very healing. You know, it's it's a way that I've been dealing with these problems is by not just complaining about it, but trying to do something about it, you know, and, and doing something about it in today's world is speaking up, is pointing things out that are hard for people to hear. And so I commend you for your work on that. You know, that's that's huge. Again, like it came, it became so obvious, like – you know, as I was getting older, like in the eighties, you know, I, I was already studying, you know, dysfunction, codependency, enabling, you know, terms like adult child and things like that. And I had this stuff in my mind. And I, I mean, again, it was my priority to be on the lookout for this stuff, like for what was and wasn't dysfunctional. And, you know, I could feel it. Especially, you know, living and growing up here in uh, New York City, um, that this system did not care about what was or wasn't healthy. It was not going to um, challenge people to be healthier. I mean, I was like committed to trying to teach people what was and wasn't dysfunctional, what was and wasn't codependent or enabling or things like that. Like I was so about fitness, like fitness, 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 physically, psychologically, and spiritually, and trying to help people to just be stronger on all levels. And I could feel that in order to sell somebody something like they didn't want, like they didn't care. Like they weren't going to help you be healthier. Like the corporations don't care about you being healthy. They, they want you to be, you know, naive and ignorant and gullible so that they can sell you something that you don't even need. And I was always thinking about, you know, money and health, money and health. Like, like what good was having money if you weren't, 
healthy and you weren't psychologically healthy, if you weren't emotionally, you know, adult and mature enough to handle the money, all you're going to do is use the money to just screw yourself with. Like you're hmm. like like so many people. That's what do. happens to all the famous actors and musicians? Why do they always die at 30, 40 years old right. of drug overdose? Because they get all this money and all this you know attention, right. and I'm, they just go crazy, right? Either that or the dark occult has them murdered. I don't know one one of the two. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just um, I don't know. I think I think. I want to get rid of money. I mean, I, I know people are not going to like that, but um, people have no idea that money in actuality is debt. I mean, it literally has no well, value. Well, in its current form, you know, I think in a different kind of society, we could kind of just imagine a more ideal, perfect way of doing things. We might have some other system of barter or trade. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've heard some of, you know, the people that talk about Austrian economics and all that, that there's – Agorism. There's different ways to where we could use our systems of trade to show value. But the trouble with the way it is now is it's centrally owned. And, and it's a con game. It's a con shell game. And it doesn't take a whole lot of looking into it to learn about that. You know, there's a lot of information out there. You know, look back to how the creation of the central banks and um, Jekyll Island and these type of yeah. things. You know, that's why that's why money's so evil, because right now it's owned by evil people and they're using it as a mechanism to control everybody's mind. It's, I mean, look weaponized. at the mind control pictures right on these bills, you know. Right. It's 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 totally been weaponized. And the powers that be, they know that people believe that money is wealth and they're going to, you know, need money. And so, you know, just like the, the you know, the, the mortgage fraud some years ago. Um, you know, like, oh, like, you know, they, they were saying in that movie, the big short, it's like, oh, like who, you know, who doesn't pay their mortgages? So the, the, the powers that be. Yeah. But they all got bailed out. You know, I lost my house. See, I had to give them back to the bank after I put my whole life savings into it. And, you know, nobody bailed me out. I had to bail me out. Exactly. You know, but, but meanwhile, Fannie Mae or whatever these other big companies were, somehow they all got bailed out, right, by the government, which is money they took from me, my hard sweat work and labor for all those years while I was busting my ass. They were stealing that money from me, and they use it to pay these rich goons, and I'm left hanging, holding the bag with nothing for my hard work and labor. Exactly. Like you just described the the mass abusive family system. and right. And Right. Like that's what, you know, like my, was my experience since I was like, you're just supposed to make the sacrifice, right? Exactly. Like the innocent, the, 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 the pillagers, the pillagers get bailed out. The abusers in power get bailed out and, 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 you know, and you're supposed to just, you know, be, be screwed and be happy, like being screwed. I mean, I, I implore people to study abusive relationships like read books on abusive relationships. Alice Miller is really good. John Bradshaw was always like one of my favorites. Um, I mean, those are the, I mean, maybe there are like um, others. You got to be, I guess, maybe cautious about who you trust, especially today, because everything is so, you know, uh, profitized. Like um, there's so many, you know, people that could like write books and you don't even really um, 
that, you know, they're not that reliable. I did like spirituality and all of this stuff for so long. Um, you know, I, I, I stayed at the Omega Institute for holistic studies from 2001 until 2004, you know, with all this spiritual stuff and everything. And I already had so much studying and experiences under my belt before I even went there. And a lot of the people in these places, like, you know, a lot of it was all like, you know, love and light and pixie dust and, and, and all this stuff. And one thing like, you know, was missing was, you know, really embracing your dark side. And, um, you, you know, it was, it was, it was very lopsided, uh, you know, they, they would really kind of be pushing um, all this, like, I don't know what, you know, like light and love stuff, you know? And yeah. I was always like, like, you know, give me a break. Like, no, like, you know, you got a right to be angry. You, you could, you know, you have a right to stand up for yourself. Like you have a right to, you know, embrace and integrate that other side of yourself, you know? And that was really missing a lot there. And, um, and, and I, you know, and I feel like that's why the world is in such, uh, like imbalance. It's like the people are the ones that need to get angrier, not softer. I mean, you, you, it's like we're lacking honesty, you know, on a, on a very deep level, like, we can't be acting like everything's all good and we're free when we're actually in a state of slavery and children are being abused on a mass exactly. scale. Exactly. It's like you don't you don't laugh and smile when when your mom gets killed or a child gets kicked. You know, those should make you angry. Those should make you frustrated. If people aren't coming out of this society feeling mad and frustrated and irritable, then they're not paying attention to what's going on because there's a lot of f fucked up shit going on and we need to start doing something about it. And exactly. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're speaking out and saying the things you're doing. I'm thinking we're kind of getting the end of this particular episode, but I want to continue the conversation with you because we, we got a lot more to get into talking about children and how children need to be treated better. Holy and moly. I mean, there's a lot to be learned there, right? And, you know, again, like listen to your body. I mean, that's like the best thing I could say. It's just like, like trust your your physical and your psychological and just let yourself feel what the hell you feel because <laughs> mm. the body just doesn't lie you know and and to hell with like you know being nice and, and like screw all that shit man because the environment is gonna like you know rip us a new one the environment when it really has you know what is fed up with us it's not going to be nice, you know? I mean, when, when you're having a heart attack, your body is going to, like, let you know in no uncertain terms. It's not going to be nice. I mean, I people tried to brainwash me all my life with, like, oh, be happy, you know, be positive. And I was like, uh, you know, <laughs> I was always like, be angry. Like, uh, you know, I used to listen to a lot of heavy metal, like in the eighties and, uh, you know, I lifted heavy metal and I listened to heavy metal, like all through the eighties and, and, you know, the nineties and some into the early two thousands. Um, because yeah, like people were always trying to make you feel like your healthy anger, your just anger was a pathology was 
you know, excessive. Like if you weren't walking around, you know, being just nice and a people pleaser, like all the time, like, you know, you were, your body was always supposed to have some endless supply of, of like love for everybody and compassion for everybody, but yet nobody around you had to make any contributions in your direction to, to, to make that actually be the case. I mean, people just suck at economics, at, at accounting. I mean, this is like basic math, you know. You have to contribute to people. You have to, like, you know, be there for people. You know, be good friends to people. Listen to people. Uh, you know, be there for them and, you know, and help them, you know, get out of their anger or get out of their sadness. And then they could actually be happy in reality, you know, yeah, which takes, which takes consistent work. You know, it's not easy. You got to show up, you got to be there and listen oh when someone's God. frustrated and hear all the way through to the end and not get all triggered yourself, you know, and that's a big part of it is just learning to be a listener you know, and that's some way people can practice, you know, today, you know, some of the things we're talking about. Yeah, healthy relationships. Treating people like you want to be treated. And that's a simple old golden rule everybody should know. Treat, treat other people the way you want to be treated and the basis of natural law. And it's really just the basic understanding. What you're saying in so many ways is everything you do does matter. You know, quit Quit acting like you can do whatever you want and it doesn't matter. No, it all matters. It all affects people around you. And when you start doing things that you know are purposeful, whether it be exercising or you know, talking about a difficult issue and dealing with it and getting it out on the table and getting it over with when it's hard, it's the same thing as working out. It's difficult. It's uncomfortable. But it's the work that we need to do to get where we want to go, which is a world without so much damn evil. (laughs) We need to do things the legitimate way. You know, it's not easy to do things nature's way, the legitimate way, but we have to, or we're done. I mean, again, like I worry sometimes, like, I mean, I pray that it's not too late, but I mean, just from my own experiences and just knowing what I know about relationship skills and things like that I mean it's like I don't even hear people talking about it like I don't even hear people talking about the abusive family system and the only child abuse that I hear people talk about is child sex trafficking but not you know the the abuse in the home like the the home the family just doesn't get talked about enough you know, now it's vaccines and big pharma and, you know, Bill Gates and, you know, Jeffrey Epstein or the clergy abuse um, cases, but like never, never parents like, I, you know, I, I guess they don't want to offend people, but we, we have to offend people. You got to get offended. It's got to be uncomfortable and it's going to be even more uncomfortable now because people waited so damn long. So it's going to hurt like freaking hell. That might be a good um, title for this episode. <laughs> you know, get uncomfortable, get angry or something like that. Feel the burn, you know, like Feel they, the used burn, to, yeah. they used to say about Bernie Sanders. It's like, you know, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's good. Like people don't know. They just don't know like what is good and what isn't good. And they've been avoiding discomfort, avoiding unpleasantries decade after decade and i'm like 
you know, like, like the firemen that go into the burning house while everybody else is running out. You got to go into discomfort to a point, little by little by little. That's how you get fitter, not just physically, but psychologically. You got to go into discomfort, you know, uncomfortable truths in order to get mentally sharper and fitter. I mean, it's good. Like some discomfort is good. I mean, That's good advice. If people did it decades ago, they might have been able to take it in smaller amounts. But now you're not going to be able to take it in smaller amounts. It's going to be like big freaking chunks of not so fun stuff coming your way. (laughs) Well, it's wacky times ahead, but we we got a lot of work to do. That's for sure. Oh, boy. um, Thanks so much, Catherine, for um, meeting with me today and spending this time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Hopefully um, some other folks can gain a few things from our conversation. And um, uh, maybe we'll do it again. Keep going on this. I hope so. Thank you. Right on. Okay, what are, well, what are we supposed to do, and what are, what are you going to do? What are we supposed to do? And what are, I would say you have to understand the, the, the totality of the big picture, the, the tapestry of all of this information as it pertains to what's going on in the world and how it affects our lives on a day-to-day basis, and then put it into a format that can be readily understood by other individuals, and then share that information with whoever will accept any part of it, with whoever will accept any part of it. 